It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, a win is a win is a win, and BYU takes care of business against the Wyoming Cowboys. We're talking about it on Postcast. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. This is coming to you guys. I'm recording this exactly. Let's see. It's 2.25 a.m. in the morning, Sunday morning. But BYU gets a 38-24 victory over the Wyoming Cowboys. The 19th-ranked Cougars figure to maybe move up a slot or two when the new polls come out, what, 12, uh, nine hours from now or so. Uh, I I would imagine BYU moves up a little bit by virtue of that victory. But overall, I've got to say it was a pretty workmanlike game for BYU. This was not a game that you're going to write home to your parents about. Uh, BYU felt like they left some points on the football field. Uh, when you go for 500 plus yards on offense and only get 38 points, I'd imagine that you probably are thinking, okay, yeah, 525 total points. 525 total yards. It is late. Let's be real about this. 525 total yards. You only get 38 points. It seems a little bit of a discrepancy there, but BYU will take the win. That's the biggest thing from this is BYU went out and took care of business in this matchup. I, I think that's the overall takeaway I, I would take away from this game is BYU just needed to get the bad taste of that Oregon loss out of their mouths and get back into the win column. And that's exactly what they accomplished at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And the other thing about this is I felt like we're seeing Jaron Hall, folks. It's crazy to think about, but we're talking about a guy who could be a starting quarterback in the NFL this time next year. I- I'm telling you, he has taken the leap. His ability to take over a football game right now is absolutely elite. And I, I can tell you this much. I had a conversation with somebody after this game that knows more about the NFL than I do, and they said that Jake, he's taken that leap. He is on his way to the NFL. Whether that's him being a first-round draft, pick or a guy who's taken a little bit later on due to his age, it doesn't matter. Jaron Hall looks every bit the part of one of the elite quarterbacks in this upcoming uh, NFL draft cycle. It's incredible. He had a 211.0 passer efficiency rating. It is the highest passer efficiency rating he's had against an FBS opponent in his BYU career. The only one higher was his passer rating against Idaho State last season. For the game, Jaron Hall, 26 of 32 attempts. That's an 81% complete percentage 337 yards four touchdowns just an absolutely incredible incredible performance for him now in terms of the rushing game Miles Davis a revelation in this matchup ends up with 13 carries for 131 yards those numbers are inflated by virtue of his 70 yard scamper he had at the tail end of this game he did average 10.1 yards per carry and it looks like Miles Davis at least for the time being may be RB1 for BYU I think the coaching staff after the the paltry numbers BYU put up in the running game they're probably looking and saying okay who else can give 
give us an opportunity. Who else can give us something here in the running game? And Miles Davis, to his credit, grabbed the bull by the horns and showed that what he can do. Will he be the guy who probably takes the first snap against Utah State on Thursday night? I would imagine so. You probably don't uh, go out there and say, well, you had a good game, but we're going to try this guy over here. I think he is going to be the guy until somebody else dethrones him. Uh, it's unfortunate for guys like Christopher Brooks. Only two carries, 10, tu- uh, 10 yards. He did have a touchdown. He's only rushing touchdown on the ground was uh, Christopher Brooks in the first half of the of the game. But uh, you wanted to see more from the running game. Well, we got that. 30 carries, 188 yards, 6.3 yards per carry. Now, if you take out that 70-yard rush uh, for uh, Miles Davis, the yards per carry average drops just a shade over four yards per carry. But that is an uptick from the 2.9 against Baylor. I think it was 2. 2.5 against Oregon. So the rushing attack, yes, was it a perfect performance? Absolutely not. But it was a better performance, I felt like, from the offense. So my overall grade, I would give the BYU offensive performance in this matchup, I'd give him a solid B+. I thought the passing game was absolutely elite. Jaron Hall, he has the ability to take over any football game BYU's in. He has shown that so far this year through four games that he is absolutely incredible. And by the way, Pukunakua gets injured late in this game. Kalani Satake did tell BYU Radio Greg Rubel in his post-game uh, exclusive with uh, the BYU broadcast that it's not a season-ending injury for Puka, so prayers up for that young man. Hope he's a- able to get back on the field very, very soon, but man, that's that's kind of the, the, the two-edged sword of bringing him back in a game like this versus maybe resting him until a game like Notre Dame. But the good news is on the wide receiving front for BYU, you have other guys step up. Two games ago against Baylor, it was the Chase Roberts coming out party. Last week in the loss to Oregon, it was the Cody Epps game. Tonight, Keanu Hill reentered introduced himself to BYU fans, five receptions, 160 yards, along a 68, his second touchdown, he got two touchdown passes in this game, his second one at 68-yard uh, pass, Jaron Hall absolutely had a, just an absolute howitzer for that touchdown pass, throwing it 50-plus yards in the air and putting it right on Keanu Hill, who did the rest and got into the end zone. So a great performance for Keanu Hill. The nice part is you're having different receivers step up every week. That means BYU has very, very good depth at wide receiver, and that's a positive considering the injuries to both Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua. It's still just a matter of, okay, when are we going to see Gunnar Romney? We saw Puka Nakua back out there, but for what, half of a game it felt like in many ways? It's unfortunate for that young man that he got re-injured, and like I said, hopefully it's nothing super serious. We see him back on the field very quickly. So I give BYU's offense a B plus. Now on the defensive side of the football, early on in this game, it looked like Wyoming was going to run rough shot on BYU, but credit to the BYU defense. They stiffened beginning in that second quarter, especially in the second half. They were very, very good, especially against the run. On defense tonight, I thought the breakout star was Micah Harper. He actually led BYU in total tackles with six of those. He also had 1.5 tackles for loss in this game. He also saw Tyler Batty get his first sack of the season. He's now got eight and a half for his career. Seems like a very, very small number in terms of his career sack numbers for a guy who's so talented, but good to see Tyler Batty get back onto the stat sheet there with that sack. I thought BYU's defense settled in actually pretty nicely in this game. Was it a perfect game similar to the offense? No, but I'd give them a solid B uh, for BYU on defense. I thought they did a pretty good job. That first quarter, you cannot ignore the gaping holes that Wyoming's offensive line was opening. Opening Titus Swin, it sure looked like he was on his way to an absolutely monster night, but BYU's defense did settle down, especially in that second half as the Cowboys had to start chasing the game a little bit, but I thought it was a pretty good performance all in all from the BYU defense. The concern, by the way, offensively and defensively, is the laundry list of injuries that piled up in this game, and that's the concern as you have a short turnaround, just four days, to get ready for the matchup with Utah State on Thursday night, but I thought BYU's defense 
defense, all things considered, you're looking at all of it, I give them a solid B. Now on special teams, I'm still not seeing uh, the, the the production that I would like to see from the special teams, but it was a better performance overall. They made the field goal. Justin Smith kicking that field goal, that's one thing to pay attention to. Is Jacob Oldrade, was he benched in favor of Justin uh, Smith in terms of field goals, or was that just them getting Justin Smith a look late in a game to see if he might be an option? I don't know the answer to that, and we may not know the answer until Utah State. Also, Ryan Rico, I thought he had maybe his best punt of the season, a 59-yard blast that was down on the 7-yard line. Very, very good to see see him have a better night kicking the football. The return game, still very much uh, a thing that is a question mark, but I don't necessarily really expect the return game at this point to be to be producing much. I'll be honest. So Hobbs Nyberg, I thought he did a decent job, did what he usually does, nothing outstanding. So I would give the special teams probably a B-plus as well. I thought it was a pretty workmanlike game for BYU. Nothing really standing out to me that I'm like, okay, that 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 was elite outside of Jaron Hall. Like I said, Jaron Hall, to me, he is the next NFL quarterback. Think about this. There's the potential that he could end up as a first-round draft pick next April. And to think that BYU might have two first-round draft picks at quarterback within three seasons of one another. Zach Wilson going in 2021. And then also you have, well, it was, yeah, it was 2021 draft that Zach went number one, uh, went number two, excuse me, to the New York Jets. And then in the 2023 NFL draft, just two years later to have a guy like Jaron Hall potentially be a first round draft pick. What an incredible run of quarterbacks BYU will have had if that comes to fruition. But I think he's absolutely elite, absolute money and very, very good to see him uh, showing what he can do out there on the football field. All right. The rest of this postcast is dedicated to you, the fans. Of course, we've threw it out on Twitter asking you for your post-game reactions. We'll get to those coming up here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. Of course, they have been a fantastic sponsor of ours here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network for years. The more important part is, it is your number one source for all your football betting information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles, as well as analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online continues to be your online source for your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events beyond football, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more now. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, time for you guys to sound off with your takes on the game. I'm going to throw it up here. I'm going to share the screen here, and we'll let you guys uh, take a look. That'll take down my little overlay there, and you guys will be able to see this, hopefully, in all of its glory as we react uh, to the game. Let's start off with this. Our first one coming in from Brett. What was going on with Satake and Craig Bull and the handshake there? Well, Kalani uh, told Gregor Bell after the game that he is just he's a big fan of Craig Bull. They were just having one of those longer talks that some coaches end up having. A lot of coaches, is like a handshake, good good game and then they kind of separate and go their separate ways but I think Craig Bull uh, very much has a mutual admiration for Kalani Satake and Kalani acknowledged that so that's why they were talking so much. Mojo our good friend says once again I have lots of thoughts
thoughts. We'll get to those momentarily. Uh, our good friend Wife for Live. Ugly win is expected. I still get mad at the first half D, even though even though I know how it's going to happen. Uh, interesting take there. But it was, it was a fairly, I guess, quote-unquote, ugly win. And that's how Wyoming wanted this game to go, folks. Wyoming wanted to muddy this game up, and they did that in the first half. BYU, to their credit, the second half started playing the game more on their terms rather than letting uh, Wyoming dictate how the game was going to be played. So BYU kind of turned it over. All right, first take from Mojo here. Number one, penalties. The refs were absolutely terrible, but there was also some lack of discipline. you got to tighten that up. I would agree that there was some lack of discipline. BYU does need to clean some of that up. Also, the officiating crew, not their finest night. I can freely admit that. That was some interesting calls, to say the least, especially the one late in the game. Fisher Jackson, if I recall correctly, it was an incomplete pass. Very clear. Officials should have waved it, uh, blown it dead. So he uh, does not hear a whistle, and you're taught to play to the whistle in football. Well, he sees the ball on the ground, picks it up, and starts motoring down the football field. Well, then uh, they decide, oh, well, that was an incomplete pass, and they throw a flag for uh, a personal foul, low block, some, I don't know, garbage. I, It felt like they were making things up. Now, let me also explain here before we get to the other takes here that the officiating was a conglomerate of CFO West, which is College Football Officials West. It's a, it's a contingent of officials that work MWC, Mountain West Conference, Pac-12, and Big 12 games, kind of thrown together to put a crew together. I think the disjointed nature of that game a little bit with the officials may have been due to the fact that this was not a crew that consistently works together. The good news for BYU, they will have dedicated Big 12 crews beginning next year, and there have been a lot of games BYU's had dedicated crews that have worked together, and it seems like it goes better. It's when they have these conglomerations of CFO West guys that it seems like things get a little bit off the rails, and it got off the rails a little bit tonight. Uh, the other thing, uh, Ben Bywater, I'm sure it's going to be brought up here in one of these comments, Ben Bywater being flagged for unnecessary roughness when Titus Swen, the running back from Wyoming, hands the football to Andrew Peasley, their quarterback. What is Ben Bywater supposed to do? They said they blew the whistles. Kalani Sitake said in his postgame presser, we'll blow the whistles louder so my guys hear it. When you see the ball handed off to somebody, Ben Bywater did what he's supposed to do. Tackle the ball carrier. And you're going to penalize him for that? Okay, I've got my my own druthers with that. It just it, This officiating crew, not their finest night. Uh, but they're also, I would agree, there's some discipline issues that BYU can continue to improve on. All right, next one. Taylor Ellsworth, a T. Ellsworth Y fan, saying, great second half. Refs had money on Wyoming. Okay, the refs did not have money on Wyoming. Let's be very clear about that. But he says, Michael Davis gives me hope in the running game. I would agree with that. It was good to see Michael. Michael Davis take his opportunity to show what he could do. I really, really liked what he showed. He's got incredible speed to the outside. So it kind of be what you went to to attack a Wyoming is they didn't necessarily go up the middle as much with Miles Davis, but getting him on the outside. I said Michael Davis. I shouldn't have said Miles Davis. Seeing him get on the edge was very, very uh, good to see, and I like that. All right, uh, Seth here with the Mark Durant tweet saying, final score, BYU 35, Wyoming 10, refs 14. Hey. Okay, the officiating crew, folks, it was not their finest night. We all know that, but there's other things we can talk about. So it's moving along. Casey Finlinson at FinDaddy81. Miles Davis took advantage of his opportunity opportunity tonight. He and Epps were real bright spots, and I hope those officials never get another game. My son's sixth grade teams deserves better than what BYU got tonight. I knew the officials were going to be a big conversation with this, but three straight tweets. Uh, the next one coming up, Idaho BYU Cougar, terrible officiating. Just still don't understand the call off the pass was batted down. I, I don't either, but... It is what it is. All right, uh, next one. G. Hansen, 25, uh, similar to Casey Finlinson. Miles Davis showed potential tonight and should get more carries the rest of the year. 
it's very much going to be a running back by committee at this point, I feel like, folks. Miles Davis may not be as effective against Utah State now that he's on film on Thursday night. Does that mean little Peeney Katoa steps up? Does that mean a guy like Jackson McChesney comes off the bench and stars? I don't know, but I think it's readily apparent at this point, as Kalani Satake said in his post-game press conference, uh, he said that we're going to ride the hot hand. Whoever has that hot hand is going to get that opportunity, and that may be a revolving cast of characters at running back for this year. Tanner Mortimer, the running towards the end of the game helped ease my worry but I'm still scared for Notre Dame and Arkansas if we can't do better. I actually would agree with that. You should be concerned because the defense got a slow start as well as the offense getting a slow start. Those slow starts are alarming, and I think there's going to be some comments about the slow start. We'll get to that uh, as they come along here. But yes, I would be worried about Notre Dame and Arkansas because those are two very talented teams in terms of pound for pound, athlete for athlete, star ranking, all that stuff. Notre Dame and Arkansas have far more athletes in on the paper than BYU does. The good news is that's why you go out and prove it on the football field. All right, Tim Eddington at Young Tim 32 says, still alarming we can't stop the run or get much push from the defensive line. Also alarming that we have walk-ons on the field. Folks, walk-ons are always going to be part of this. And BYU, especially along their defensive front, if they're going to continue these hockey subs where they're letting guys go in and out every three or four plays, walk-ons are going to be part of the equation. I'd like to see more of the frontline guys, the starters, get more time because that just seems screams like those are the more talented dudes. They're the reasons why they're the reason why guys are getting the start there. They should be the better players. I'd give them more of a run, but at this point Opining about it seems foolhardy at this point because it doesn't seem like uh, Elisa Tuiaki, Kalani Satake, Ed Lamb, whoever has a say on that, does not appear that they have any interest in changing that at this point. So uh, I, I don't know what to say on that, but they do uh, need to be better about stopping the run, especially early on. But I felt like as the game progressed, BYU got much better against the run on defense. So i got to give them credit on that point. All right, second take from our friend Mojo. Special teams still need work, but at least we found a kid that can make a 30-yard field goal. Well, it was a 25-yard field goal, not much more than an extra point for Justin Smith, but they did see a kick go through the uprights, which was a positive. I, I agree, the special team still needs some work, but it was a better night overall from the special teams than what we've seen the previous two games. Uh, Ty Jensen, officiating crew needs to be suspended and investigated. Okay, great. All right. Next one, Josh Chisholm. What is with all the injuries? Is it just a BYU thing? Is it a training staff thing? A preparation during camp thing? Just bad luck. It just seems like it's a problem every single year and it makes me feel like it's a BYU problem. Folks, let me be also talk about this for a minute. Injuries are part of the game of football. Has BYU had a rash of them the last couple of seasons at points? Yes, absolutely. They have. But it's a violent game. Guys are getting hit. Guys are going to hit each other. Injuries are part of the game. Now, it seemed like tonight's injuries were a little more than normal. The crazy thing about this, let me also acknowledge this, BYU has never invested more money in their strength and conditioning and uh, sports um, science staff than they have at this point. They have hired multiple, I, I'm serious, multiple staffers to come on staff. Uh, one of them, Colby Clawson, the former BYU linebacker, as well as Dr. Skyler Main, who works here locally with a lot of NFL hopefuls. They are now on staff full-time with BYU, helping in sports science. It's crazy to, uh, to acknowledge that, but BYU has invested more in their athletes than they ever have before. I don't know necessarily that we can put a finger on this, but injuries are part of the game of football. It's a violent game by nature, so injuries are always going to be part of the conversation. All right, next up, Connor Packham. Great D in the second half. I wish we saw this type of offense in the first half. Interesting. I thought the offense actually came to ball for the most part from the get-go. The passing game, I know they had a slow start the first two series, but once they got that four-yard, 91-yard touchdown drive, it felt like at that point the offense was unshackled and off they went. So I guess... 
maybe I'm kind of counterintuitive to what I just said. The slow start, yeah, the two first series, not great. But BYU got it going, and once they got it going, they piled up 525 yards of offense. That was pretty good. All right, next one, Nick Lee. Obviously, you don't throw out back as Nick Lee 51. I think it was Packham Connor on the last one, so apologies. Uh, Nick Lee, Nick Lee 51. Obviously, you don't throw back Ws, but man, not exactly a win that inspires confidence moving forward. It says, one bright spot is the emergence of Miles Davis as, R- as maybe RB1. Other than that, not a game I will jump to rewatch anytime soon or ever. On to since, I mean, Utah State. I like that, Nick. Thank you for that. And you're right. It was good to see Miles Davis break out, and he may end up being the guy, I think, gets the first snaps against Utah State. But like I said, I think the running back position very much still in flux. Uh, and you're right. It's not necessarily a game that you're going to be like, oh, I, I was there that night when BYU beat Wyoming 38-24. to It's not one of those sexy wins. This was a game BYU, they just needed to get a win, and they got that. Next one, at Cameron, uh, at Cam Pappen. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that, pronouncing that correctly. Sloppy game. Jaron and the wide receivers were solid as always. The run game looked better. Miles is RB1, still holding out hope that things will click for Brooks. Gutted for Puka. Defense needs work. Officiating was throwing up emoji. <laughs> All right, I like that. Uh, Cameron, the thing on Puka, I, I'm actually heartened to hear that it was not a season-ending injury. I rewatched that play sitting there in the press box, and it looked like it might have been a non-contact injury, and those are always scary for guys. They were looking at his knee, but the fact that if Kalani's serious about that, if he if he's accurate in saying it was not a season-ending season ending injury. At some point I think we can have some hope that uh, Puka may retake the field. It was also good to see that uh, you saw Gunnar Romney uh, go through warm-ups at least for BYU in this game. I think he's getting closer and closer. Do I think he plays against Utah State? I don't know, but it seems like Gunnar Romney is getting closer and closer to retaking the field, and I, for one, cannot wait to see him out there. All right, Mojo, take number three from him. Good adjustments in the second half to the rush defense. Completely agree, but I can't help help but think they should have been made at the outset. UW ran the exact same offensive scheme against us they ran against AF, speaking of Wyoming, yet somehow it took us a half to figure that out. Well, um, let's be honest. UW took down Air Force, who absolutely has obliterated everybody else. So maybe Wyoming's got a decent defense. I thought they were okay. Uh, They're not necessarily world beaters by any means, but they took down a very, very good Air Force squad and held them down. BYU actually scored 38 points, folks. Let's acknowledge that fact. It was actually a pretty good offensive night for the Cougars. All right, uh, Eric at Eric M with a whole bunch of numbers there. 8, 7, 5, okay, whatever. Davis is RB1 and Mountain West refs suck. It's not a Mountain West crew. It was a conglomeration of multiple officiating, uh, but... Davis, yeah, like I said, he's probably RB1. Uh, Next one, Jonathan Barris. Very, very close to what Eric just said. Refs suck. Davis is RB1. Jaron is the real deal. Jaron truly is the real deal. All right, number four, Mojo. Injuries are killer. Kingsley, Thule, Puka, Larson, Wilgar. Although, Although I think you saw him come back in. Yeah, Peyton Wilgar did return to the game said this hurts, especially on a short week. The number of injuries BYU absorbed in this game, I would be imagining it's me hard-pressed to get a bunch of those guys back for Utah State, but you do have that extra time off after the Utah State game to get yourselves ready for Notre Dame. Uh, Utah State is struggling right now. They are going to be a desperate squad coming to Provo, but they have got a litany of their own issues, so hopefully BYU is going to be able to handle that one despite the injuries. Nick Whiting and Nick WH23 says BYU has a capitalized great one in Jaron Hall. Completely agree there. Haley Anderson at High K. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correct. Hey K, maybe there. Jaron Hall's passing game is next level today. Also, our defense has just seemed tired from carrying the team the past few weeks. It was nice to see the offensive line shoulder some of that weight. Well, Kalani Sitake talked about in the postgame. He says you can only blame the offensive line for so long for the running game issues. you got to have a running back who steps up, and Miles Davis did step up, so that was good to see. All right, Tanner Mortimer. I guess this 
really is a big difference between Mountain West referees and Power 5 school referees. Uh, the referees are going to be part of the conversation. I get that in this postcast, but I just don't know necessarily that we can blame it completely on the referees because all you really care about is winning the football game, right? All right, next one. Jonathan Barris, another take from him. Oh, cancel that return trip to Laramie. We can pay him. Tom Homo did say that he plans to make that return trip in 2024. BYU in 2024 does have a home game already against Nevada, and I think they have one other game scheduled. I probably should have that pulled up ahead of time, but that's the thing is, uh, man, you want to go to Laramie? I I know you want to like uh, you want to have good relationships with programs like Wyoming, but do you really want to go to Laramie? Come on, Tom. You may want to consider paying that buyout. Maybe it's exorbitant and you don't want to pay the buyout, but I'd consider it myself. That's just me. All right, Bryson Webster, our good friend. Uh, Brian Webster says, we have a new RB1. Yeah, Miles Davis looks really good. Stephen Kuhn, similar take. Miles Davis is a stud. So cool to see him step up. Chris Murphy at C... Uh, that was Steve, Stephen Kuhn's underscore ads. C. Murphy at C. Murphy Pro says, Jaron Hall is the best player on BYU's team. It's not even close. We will only go as far as he, t- as he can take us. I actually would agree with that. He's going to drag BYU as far as he possibly can take them. The running game may not be elite this year like it was a year ago, where in some cases, I feel like Tyler Algier actually carried BYU's offense, similar to what Jaron Hall's done this year. Maybe Jaron Hall, it's his turn this year to put the team on his back, similar to what Tyler Algier did in 2021. Uh, Don Lovelace, at Lon Lovelace, uh, my high school quarterback. Yeah, that's my quarterback, Don. You're the man. Uh, takeaways. Number one, we don't deserve Jaron. Well, we do deserve him. I will agree with that. Injuries, broken heart emoji. That was tough to absorb. Says Miles Davis 2.0, as smooth as the original. Nice take there. Yeah, Miles Davis, obviously the famous Jazz musician pass pro elite run blocking not so much but i do will acknowledge on that uh, the run blocking it was a step in the right direction for BYU. It was not as bad as it's been against Baylor and Oregon. Is it elite yet? Is it back to being what it's supposed to be? No, but it was better. Micah Harper and run support with the 100 emoji. I thought Micah Harper had a breakout performance. Malik Moore, also one of those guys who was injured, according to what I saw from Spencer Linton in the game, a hand injury uh, ruling him out for the game. Don't know how long that will keep him out. Hopefully not too long, but Micah Harper was a revelation. Good to see him back on the football field. It's crazy to think it's been a hot excuse me, a hot minute since that 2020 season when we saw Micah Harper on the field consistently, but he looked very, very good. Uh, Don, a couple other takes here. Keanu is the real deal. I would agree with that. He says the defense needs to get healthy real quick. Well, uh, I know you want to wave a magic wand and have every defender be healthy, but it seems like a, a long play to think that that's going to happen very, very quickly. All right, Andrew Lord here. Defense settled down nicely, but these bad starts will kill us against good teams like it did against Oregon. You do have to be wary of that. You're right. Slow starts it can be a killer, especially when a team like Oregon could potentially jump on you early. That's very, very tough. On the bright side, Davis was amazing and should be RB1 next week. Hall was nearly perfect. He was making NFL throws all night. His ability, by the way, for Jaron Hall to make back shoulder throws, which are all the rage right now in the NFL, it's elite. He's very, very good at throwing guys guys open as, as they say uh, I, I don't know how much more how many other superlatives I can say about Jaron Hall in this game but he is phenomenal alright Mojo back again number 5 oh the positives alright here we go Mojo Jaron is elite on top of that I think we've clearly found our RB1 with Miles Davis RB1 for the time being let's be very clear about that dude straight balled out and got robbed by a TD on a bogus holding call I would agree that that holding call was a little uh, was a little chintzy but let's play it against easy against FCS Utah State and then bring it with Notre Dame 
We're already relegating Utah State, huh? Oh, well, they did lose to an FCS program. Weaver State and actually didn't lose. They got blown out. So maybe they should be relegated. All right, Blair Reddick, Coach Blair Reddick, our good friend. Costly win with the injuries. Fantastic adjustments by both coordinators after the first quarter. Blair would know better than most people, folks. He is a coach. He coaches at the high school level. He watches tape better than almost anybody out there, I feel like, and would know better than most. And Blair, I would agree with you. The adjustments were very, very good in this game. You do have to tip a cap to Aaron Roderick and Elisa Tuiaki on that. All right, Robbie Huckfell here. Robbie underscore Huckfell. Sluggish starts won't work in the Big 12. Agreed. BYU's O-line is atrocious. Mm, seems a little strong there, Robbie. The pass pro is still very, very good for BYU on the offensive line. And like I said, I saw improvement in the run game for BYU with the offensive line. Uh, defense is bipolar as per usual. That seems pretty accurate. Uh, they do have their up and down moments. Miles Davis is RB1. So many weird penalties, bad refs, or undisciplined. I think it's a mixture of both. The officiating crew did feel I did feel like made up some interesting calls, but at the same time, you do have to play within the rules of the game at points, and some of the discipline issues were there. And then Oldroyd just needs to retire. Well, that seems harsh, but he had a very good kickoff game in this one, but maybe he will at some point. Alright, next one. Cougs in the pros at BYU Pros. Jaron Hall is hands down our greatest asset. The offense needs to be built around him for the rest of the year. Are we saying do we need to go air raid? Is that what you're saying, Cougs and the pros? Uh, maybe they do, but Miles Davis is the answer to BYU's rushing attack woes. I know you like Brooks, but Miles is different. Where did all the pressure go on defense from the Baylor game? Now, I do like Brooks, and I do think that Christopher Brooks is going to have a role to play on this team, but Miles Davis was clearly the best running back tonight, so I, I will acknowledge that. Now, the pressure is interesting because BYU did get some pressure at points in this game, but they did not blitz a lot in this contest. That was one thing, and maybe I maybe I missed it. I'm going to go back and watch the film as I typically do on Sunday. I'll have our film review Monday for you guys on our Monday edition of the show, but it did feel like there, were less, there was less pressure uh, being thrown at Wyoming, and maybe that was just a, a thing because... Andrew Peasley, his chief strength as a quarterback, speaking of the Wyoming quarterback, is his ability to scramble and make plays with his feet. Maybe BYU was like, you know what? We're just going to spy him, and we're going to trust that our guys can get home with four. And as the game wore on, BYU's defensive line started getting home a little bit. So it was good to see Tyler Batty get a sack, etc. So... I don't know. Maybe maybe it was, a, it was a thing that I missed, and I'll see it on film, but I'll be sure to check back on that. All right, Jay Wizzle. Jay Wizzle Wizzle says, Our run defense has shown the last two weeks that they are terrible. The first quarter, not so good. Final three quarters, rush defense was actually much better against Wyoming. I think that's getting a bad rap just because of the, the reputation of what happened against Oregon. I thought the run defense against Wyoming was actually better than I... Th- even anticipated it going in. Miles Davis's RB1. This comes from true underscore blue BYU. He balled out. Our wide receiver depth is real. I would agree with that. Jaron is an NFL QB. Please someone investigate the rest for having bets on the under. Oh, I can only help but laugh with the referee stuff. This is It makes me chuckle because they weren't great. I think I've already covered that. All right, next one. Wes McMurdy at Wes McMurdy on Twitter says, we need to clean things up, getting play calls in. Okay, by the way, that's a good point that Wes McCurdy made. BYU had to call at least three timeouts because the play clock was running low. I don't know what changed, but BYU had a struggle getting play calls in. They've got to clean that up. That'll be something they work on in practice, I would imagine. He says, I want to see better and smarter play calling, more energy at the start, made good adjustments at halftime, just 
a weird game with the officiating being what it was. Okay, I think it's a pretty measured take there from Wes. All right, Mandy Jones, BYU fan 2005 says here, I am never going to complain about game officials until now. That game was poorly officiated in my opinion. I am very concerned about the injuries. Great night for Miles and Keanu. I am happy they seized the moment. That is the fun part about some of the younger guys. They seize their opportunity. That's exactly what you want to see. Uh, Nick Lee, if you're watching this on YouTube, just sent in a meme that was in response to Robbie Huckville of, uh, it looks like somebody putting fries and some oil and it's starting on fire. So I guess a hot take is what he's trying to refer to there. All right, let's try and roll through the rest of these comments here. I'm sure that we're going to be repeating ourselves, but I do like to reward all of you. Uh, I, I know it sounds almost uh, repetitious in a way when I put all of these takes back to back to back when they kind of say the same thing, but I want to reward all of you guys for sending in your takes. So thank you for doing so first off. All right, Tyson Davis at Lil Davis underscore says, more than a few questionable referee decisions, new concussion helmets were ugly, and I think Davis just shook up the running back room and to paraphrase the, paraphrase the late coach Lavelle Edwards, I'd rather lose and win him. I'd rather lit. Uh, I'd rather lose and live in Provo than win and live in Laramie. That was maybe the most controversial comment that Lavelle Edwards has ever made in his legendary career at BYU. But. I think he's dead on with that take. All right, next one. Uh, Jay Cougar 7 says, The referees called a penalty on an INT return that the refs then claimed it never happened, but the penalty still somehow happened. It was actually not an INT. It was a, an incomplete pass that should have been whistled dead. That's the best description of the game I can give. Took a fun game and made me feel rage throughout. Interesting. All right, JT Kucherer. Uh, JT Kucherer 5. Uh, Keanu Hill is the best 50-50 ball go-getter, not wearing the number 12, and pretty consistently shows up, whether that is being like tonight with receptions or how he blocks downfield. He is deserving of more love from us. I would agree. Keanu Hill, folks, he's kind of the, the unsung guy in that wide receiver room for BYU, and I felt like he took another step towards stardom tonight for BYU. This is a guy that I think has been really, really working himself uh, into the rotation. He's done that for the past two years, and tonight was just yet another coming out party for him. He had a big touchdown against USF, as, we, as you might recall. I think that he is going to be a guy, if you have injuries like this, if you're going to be dealing with injuries all season long with Puka and Gunner, you got to have some guy step up in their absence, and it looks like Keanu Hill very much could be that guy. All right, Robbie Huckville, why do we always get injured? Time to investigate our strength and conditioning. Like I said, uh, they've actually invested more in the strength and conditioning in the sports science department than they ever have. It's kind of funny that it's ironic in a way that injuries are still happening, but it's just part of football. I know that it feels like BYU gets hit with a disproportionate amount of injuries. Maybe they do, but it's a violent game. And then Robbie Hockfell, let's never wear Navy again. Okay, let me also add this. I don't mind Navy, but Navy pants, Navy jersey, still not the look for me. I, I just can't do Navy Navy. Maybe I'm just a traditionalist. BYU used to wear white pants on white pants uh, on the bottom, blue pant, uh, blue jersey, royal blue jersey on the top for home games, and then flip that for road games way back when. That's more of what I'm used to from BYU. The monochrome look, especially when you're going all Navy with a white helmet, just not the look for me. That's just my opinion. All right, Daniel Haslam, a win is a win. Definitely some positives tonight, but a lot to be desired. I think that is a fantastic take from Dan Daniel. It was a win with positives, but also... Also, other things that you left you wanting more. You wanted more from this win for BYU. It was a, a dissatisfying win. I get that. So uh, that, I mean, in some ways, actually is a good thing because there's things BYU can work on, and hopefully they can correct more and more things going into this Utah State game and maybe make it more of the quote-unquote satisfying type win against the Aggies on Thursday night. Uh, Jeff Henor, our good friend down there in Atlanta, says, main takeaway, we were both wrong about the running back situation by Miles Davis is the guy. And that's not a bad take because Jeff's been very much on the Lopini 
Lopini uh, Katoa bandwagon. And by the way, Lopini had his moments in this game. He actually had uh, some nice conversions in this game. I've got nothing against Lopini Katoa. But I think, once again, the running back position, it looks like it's going to be by committee. Could next week Miles Davis come out and be ineffective and then maybe a guy like Lopini Katoa emerges as the guy who is the chief contributor? Very much, I think that could be the way things go all season long here. Honorable mention, number one, Jaron Hall is a top 10 pick if he remains healthy. Now, that is quite the bold take there, Jeff. I like that. Number two, Puka shouldn't have played. Hindsight's 50, uh, hindsight is 20-20. I know that uh, knowing how things played out in this game, you probably would have said, you know what, rest him, get him healthy. But you know what? He wanted to play ball. He was cleared by the doctors, and it's unfortunate he got injured again. And then Micah Harper is a close second to Max for hit stick champ with the strong arm emoji. Uh, it was good to see Micah, Dave, Mike, uh, not Micah, uh, Micah Harper laying the hit stick there. It was very good to see that. Uh, Peter Jordan seen at BYU 313 Blue says, injuries have me nervous. I think we all are nervous about that, Peter, because there were a lot of them in this game. Uh, Casey Finland said, it's my mistake. It was Hill I was thinking of. Going back to his take. Oh, so there you go. All right, Jonathan Marugia, Jay Marugia on Twitter. The rest were so bad. That call was batted down and they called a personal foul because they couldn't blow it dead. was the most bizarrely bad call ever. Uh, I'm going to admit, that one goes right up there with the not a smooth snap from Oregon because I still, for the life of me, don't understand this not a smooth snap thing. Uh, number one, when did a, number two, when did A-Rod forget how to call a fourth down play because the last three have been so, so bad. Now, running on third and seven to the short side of the field where you don't have any receivers out there, I... Yeah, that was a questionable play call. Uh, I'm sure that A-Rod will go back and look at things. And he's a guy, I, I know this about Aaron Roderick. He's a guy who is going to always look at himself first. So if he feels like he's making mistakes, I would guarantee that he will do his best to correct them and he'll be better moving forward. And then finally, from Jonathan Ruggi, number three, love me some Miles Davis. Yes, the star of the game was Miles Davis, breakout fan favorite. I absolutely agree with that. All right, Jared Slack, a Dodger BYU fan. Oh, excuse me, at Jared Slack. He's Dodger BYU fan on the screen name. So it shouldn't take four games to see who, uh, shouldn't take four games to see who should be playing. A great day, game by Davis. Now get Parker Kingston in on special teams. Uh, I've been advocating for Parker Kingston to get more looks for BYU. BYU, but apparently they uh, feel like they have a better option in Hobbs Nyberg. I don't know what to tell you there. Uh, I think there's still a feeling out process with this BYU team, and I know four games in, you'd like to see things more settled, but I think the injuries necessitate, you've got to look at different options, especially when you lose away, uh, by the way, also the loss to Oregon necessitated, they needed to look at some other things for BYU. Rob Shaw, stop playing BYU teams, end. Okay, uh, you don't want to see Mountain West teams ever again for BYU. I don't think that uh, is something that you'll be able to actually guarantee because uh, they are teams in BYU's immediate vicinity and you need some non-conference games and those seem like the uh, the teams that BYU will play going into the Big 12, but I can get your take there. Carter Anderson at CJ Andy, 33. Injuries piled up tonight. That's not good, especially when we play the QB killers next week. Uh, Utah State, obviously, uh, they had the two season-ending injuries delivered to Taysom Hill in matchups with the Aggies. I, I can get that take. Uh, number two, the refs have probably had money on Wyoming covering. Oh, geez, y'all. <laughs> These referee takes are, are awesome. Uh, number three, we found our RB1 in Miles Davis. Like I said, uh, he looked very, very good tonight. And then Jaron is special, but we already knew that. I would agree, Carter. We did know that Jaron Hall was absolutely incredible. All right, we got to get through the rest of these real quick. Uh, Jake Higgins, I don't think we can be successful in the Big 12 with a lack of depth, especially in the trenches. Defense bent and broke a bunch, broke a bunch in this one. 
I'm going to go back and look at that. They did give up 24 points. That's that's very, very clear. But I feel like the defense in the middle part of this game actually was quite good. I, I'm going to, like I said, I'll do my film review. I'll have more of a, of a take on that. But I thought the defense actually performed decently well, all things considered. Uh, it wasn't a game that I expected perfection from BYU's defense, especially the way that they played against Oregon. But I thought it was a step in the right direction to kind of regaining some of their composure. Uh, Tanner Howell, could the field be a part of the problem? Speaking of the injuries, maybe so. But I actually know most players, they prefer playing on natural not natural grass versus turf. If you To a man, I would feel like most guys would tell you they'd prefer to play on natural ga- grass because it seems like more injuries come on turf. So I don't know what to say about that. Uh, John Livingstone, I sure am excited to play the refs again on Thursday. <laughs> nice take. Alright, JT Lamoureux, nice to see the young guys making big plays. Run defense really improved after the first half. BYU and the refs to a certain degree gave them, speaking of Wyoming, 14 points to make it look closer than it should. I'm absolutely gutted for Puka. We needed him for more than just making plays a good game overall. Thank you for that, JT. And yeah, I hope Puka's back soon, but when he curled up in a ball after he slipped like that, that's never a good sign. And like I said, I hope he's okay. Amber Roberts, our good friend here at Amber NN underscore, says, I hope Puka is no okay. I hope Nakua is okay. His ankle looked like it buckled pretty bad. I think it was more of his knee, actually, uh, based on what I saw. It says, I'll take the celebration penalties all day if it means the guys are winning and having fun doing it. By the way, Another flag for doing the gritty? Come on now. That's like the fun police. Like that's the no fun league. That's the NFL type stuff. If you're gonna let Ke- if you're gonna let other guys celebrate stuff, let Keanu Hill do the gritty in the end zone. That was a petty call. I'll, I'll freely admit that. And by the way, ended up with the kickoff out of bounds, giving the ball to Wyoming on the 50 yard line, and then Ben Bywater's absolutely dubious uh, tackle that got the personal foul that led to one of the touchdowns for Wyoming. So maybe there is a little bit there that uh, the officials did have a little bit of a role to play in this one. All right, a uh, Cougar forever at Mateo 36 BYU could be the worst officiating I've ever seen. A nice second half after a frustrating first half. Seems like we found a running back. I like that. Okay, thank you for that, Mateo. Alright, next one. Little Mac uh, 1016. Referee mistakes don't always impact, impact the game so directly and obviously they did in this game but credit to the defense for the defensive, uh, excuse me, but credit to T speaking of Tuiaki for defensive adjustments and Davis slash Hall slash Hill with outstanding performances felt like they could have scored more. Yeah. Typically when you have 525 yards of offense, that usually equates to more than 38 points. Uh, it would have been nice. All right, Tyson Davis, uh, he's adding to his take. You need more depth. Depth, depth, depth. Yes, there needs to be an improved depth component for BYU. The wide receiving core, showing off that depth in their group. Overall, though, BYU will continue to try to work on that. That is something as they go into the Big 12, they will effort. They've been efforting for years now. I don't necessarily think it'll ever be a perfect solution. Are they going to be Alabama where they have five-star talents backing up other five-star talents? I would highly doubt that, but they can do better, obviously, in getting more quality depth there. All right, uh, final few takes here. Jason W. Kelly, where would we be without Jaron, and would Baylor beat us by three or four touchdowns if we had played them tonight instead of Wyoming? I don't think so, actually. I thought that would have been a good game once again. Baylor has been pretty good uh, since beating B- uh, since losing to BYU, but... That's why you, play, you can only play the games the way they're lined up. I, I, I don't know. I, hypotheticals, it seems hard to really uh, say, well, if Baylor played this then and BYU did this there, how do things play out? That's why we actually play the games. That's why we get on the football field and actually let it play out. All right, football season Zeke at Ezekiel underscore speaks. That was, uh, by the way, Jason K. Redline on our last one there. Uh, Ezekiel saying, horrible refs. What conference were they from? I'm assuming Mountain West Conference. As I said, they're from uh, the CFO West. 
West, which is a conglomeration of officials, similar to how things go in college basketball, where you have officials working with different conferences every other night. It was kind of that type of deal. I think the inconsistent nature of not having guys work together all the time may have led to some of those calls. LV Cougar, uh, sick and tired of injuries taking down key players. It sucks. There's no doubt about it. It sucks to lose guys when you have injuries, but it's part of the game, like I said. All right, BYU Boyan, a playoff bogey here, says, Miles Davis, the clear RB1 moving forward, at least for the next game, I would say so. It seems that way to me, but playing a redshirt freshman, that worries me. Says the defense also adjusted well to Wyoming's physical play. Still wasn't the cleanest performance, but they stopped getting pushed around. And then finally, Jaron Hall, period. That's it. It, I like that. Yeah, I thought the defense did adjust in this game. Our good friend Brandon Bourget, and by the way, Brandon, I don't know how to pronounce your name correctly. If it's Borget, let me know, but I think it's Bourget. I'm just taking a guess there. Says, hot take. Davis is not the answer. He had three great runs that inflated his average yards per carry. 70, 25, and 17 yards. Take away those and he averaged less than two yards per carry on 10 carries against quote-unquote mighty Wyoming. I don't believe yet, but I hope I'm wrong. Interesting, Brandon. Kind of the counter take to what's going on uh, with a lot of the comments here on Miles Davis, but you do have a point there. You take away those big plays, and yes, his yard per carry average did suffer, and like I said, it was not a, a great game for BYU when it came uh, to their rushing attack, but I thought it was a step in the right direction. Four overall, four yards per carry overall for BYU, and I guess if you take those other that 25 and 17 yard run, that probably drops the overall average a little bit, but Part of how the game goes sometimes. All right, Jimmy Dove says, I watched the game with my dad from his hospital room. He's going to be just fine. That's good to hear, Jimmy. Thank you for letting us know that. I got so loud when they t- that TD got taken away from Miles Davis that his nurse had to come in and tell me to kindly shut the hell up. Oops. Miles Davis is going to be a gem, though. Uh, I like that, Jimmy. Uh, best wishes to your father. Hope he's out of the hospital very, very soon. I'm glad you were able to spend that time with him. That's a very important thing in everybody's life to spend time with their family. All right, Andy at Ol underscore Rascal. And by the way, it was Jimmy Dub at Cougar Jimmy on Twitter. Says, it felt like two different teams played from the first half to the second. I'm glad we made some adjustments, but the slow starts against quality teams will kill us. Interesting. Uh, that's an interesting take there, Andy. You're right. The, the slow starts do need to be improved upon, but uh, it did seem like two different halves for BYU. Kind of sleeping sleepwalking through the first half and then uh, really waking up in the second half. Oh, I can probably pass along this anecdote. Uh, somebody who I know very well actually was down near the BYU bench as they went to halftime. He said BYU 80 Tom Homo was kind of whooping and hollering with the guys uh, at halftime trying to motivate them. So apparently Tom saw that BYU was a little uh, lackluster in that first half and was doing his part to wake them up, and maybe he was the reason why they played better uh, in the second half of that game. All right, man, we got a few, we got a bunch of takes here. This podcast is going to be a long one, folks, but thank you for all of your takes. All right, Kalani Shades at Kalani Shades. I actually want your takeaways, Jake. Ooh, interesting. Number one, is Miles the answer or just the dude for today? I think I've already answered that. I think it's going to be by committee, but hey, for one night at least, Miles Davis was the answer. Now, if he backs up what he did tonight again, uh, Wyoming with another good performance against Utah State, then, maybe then, we start to see, okay, he is RB1 for BYU. Number two, how bogus were the penalties on the tackle on Peasley while he had the ball, while he was the ball carrier, as well as the incompletion intercept, incomplete interception return? Uh, I do think both of them were quite dubious. Uh, I, I just, I think that uh, you, that officiating crew will have something to answer for that. And by the way, 
Some of you were wondering, I think I saw a message somewhere else, somebody asking, well, will those officials be uh, sanctioned or can they be investigated for it? They will be graded for their performance. Every official does get graded for their performance. And funny enough, a Cal last week, they had an offside call on a field goal attempt that gave a first down to Notre Dame, if I recall correctly. It was very dubious. There was nobody offsides. The ACC actually acknowledged that their officials made an error and they actually suspended the side judge in that game who made that call. So there are penalties for officials. Is it announced on every single instance? No, it's not. But these officials will have their grades handed to them and they will be looked at by their, um, they call them, what do they call them? Officiating advisors. I don't know what they call them, but they actually grade each of these officials. They go back and watch the officials actually make their calls, etc. And they will be graded for that. And if it's egregious enough, they will take action. Like I said, the ACC actually suspended a side judge for a bad call in that Cal Notre Dame game. So it, it does happen out there, just uh, to be clear. All right. Uh, final few thoughts here. Royal Coog at Royal Coog on Twitter says uh, Davis is RB1. Pugun might be dumb for the season, but run defense is terrible. They made good adjustments at halftime. Okay, if the run defense is terrible, but they made good adjustments, which way can you can't have both sides of that? You have to you have to have one or the other. I thought they actually made very good adjustments and actually shut down Wyoming's rush attack for the most part. Oh, I apologize. Uh, Kalani Shades did have one more take. Did Keanu Cosper, Davis, and Epps all break out tonight? Uh, Davis, Keanu did. Good to see Braden Cosper, by the way, get his first career touchdown cast. Uh, touchdown catch a nice toe tapper in the uh, corner of the end zone it was reviewed the call stood so it was good to see him get his first touchdown in a BYU uniform I think two of the four broke out I think Cody Epps broke out the week previous I think that Braden Cosper is yet to really quote-unquote break out but maybe next week his his week uh, because we've seen three different receivers have three great games in a row here for BYU Uh, Jimmy Dub Cougar Jimmy once again here says I wish this was read and I could downvote Uh, uh, responding to Bourget says JK, no man, you made some good points. I love Davis, but I haven't seen it from that perspective. Good call. Hoping for the best, though. So he's talking about how Bourget said the numbers were inflated by the big plays for Miles Davis. That's an interesting take. All right, next one. Dustin Ivers at Dustin Dustin underscore Ivers. It's late, folks. It's almost it's past 3 a.m. now that I'm recording this. But nonetheless, uh, Jaron looking NFL ready. Miles Davis looks like RB1. Keanu and Cosper both looked great tonight. I would agree with that. I like that take. All right, Branson Walkers. We get towards the end here. WKA BYU News only. That's quite the Twitter handle there. Thank you, Branson. Says, wild thing is to a youth player did the SUU game and they didn't call it there. Oh, okay. That's because uh, the gritty, uh, the touchdown reception, I can probably pick, yeah, so Jim Weber, who does, uh, there's a lot of TV and college football analysis, he said that I want a handwritten apology from Mountain West Conference Commissioner on this kid's dorm room by tomorrow for the gritty call on Keanu Hill. Uh, Branson Walker did say they didn't call it uh, for the youth player in the SUU game. Kind of shows how controversial it really is. That is a that is something that is subjective for these officials. And then our final take here from our good friend at Ghost of Lavelle on Twitter says, Jaron Hall equals money. Please don't get hurt against USU. We all would hope that. The Miles Davis breakout game number two. I completely agree. Number three, concerned about injuries. Seemed like they were bodies all over the field. Yes, they did have a number of injuries. There was a laundry list of that. And then those rest were next level awful. Is there any form of review or accountability for a crap show like that? Well, I just, I think I answered that a little bit earlier. Those officials will be under scrutiny from their officiating crews that are above them. They do have people who look at them. It happens at every level of football. And they will be, if there was something agreed, it will be dealt with. I don't necessarily think that anything in this game is going to necessitate maybe a guy getting suspended, but what do I know? So, all right. 
There we go. Made it through all of them. Oh, I did have an email, by the way. I probably should uh, read that email. I'll give uh, love to our people sending in the emails. Uh, this one comes in from Furious uh, furiously fast flyers. That's quite the name there. It says, hi, Jake. Appreciate the work you put in for this show. Anyways, I thought BYU's offense was not as efficient as I would have liked it to be. Agreed. Uh, even though we put up a decent amount of points, it felt like we lacked rhythm in the first half. Second half, the Cougars really improved. Saw good things from Miles Davis, even though he had a few mistakes. Defense did its job. Not much else to say. The unsportsmanlike penalty against Bun Bywater was actually a late hit. Still has me scratching my head. A solid win. The scoreboard didn't show the full extent of how much we won by even when our offense felt lackluster that comes from Charlie Haslam. Charlie, thank you for emailing LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Thank you for your take. Always good to hear from you guys out there on social media. And that's going to do it. So a lot of the same takes, but at the same time, like I said, I want to reward all of you guys who send in your your takes on these games. So I know it, it can make for a long podcast, but nonetheless, thank you for weighing in. The good news is a win is a win is a win. Celebrate the win. Get ready for Utah State. I will watch the game over again. Yes, I will suffer through it so you guys don't have to. I'll have my film review notes for you guys on Monday's edition of the show. We'll see where BYU is ranked in the new AP and coaches polls as well after the victory. And now they turn their attention on a short week to Utah State. It's rivalry week, folks. We're getting ready for the Aggies and the Cougars in Provo on Thursday night. We'll have you covered all week long right here on Locked On Cougars. And that'll do it for us. Have a great night or a great day whenever you watch this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.